0: Welcome to the Fairview Alliance Church Podcast. We're so glad to have you here today. Our prayer is that through this message, you'd be encouraged, uplifted, and discover more about a God who loves you deeply and faithfully. If you're interested in finding out more about our community, visit our website, fairviewallionschurch.com or visit our Facebook page, Fairview Alliance Church. We'd like to take a moment just to thank you, the listeners, for sharing and subscribing to our podcast. Without you, it wouldn't be possible. Now... Prepare your hearts as you tune into this week's new message with our lead pastor, Mario Catalan. I want to share with you this message that the Lord put in my heart. Faith, the key to God's grace. And I'm be speaking on a passage very well known in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. But I will read a different other passage from this wonderful epistle. You know, I'm very attached to the Epistle of Romans because after so many years to attending church, to uh, being raised in a church like this, as I I asked the Lord to guide me in reading the Bible, and I was uh, intentionally directing to commit my life to Christ through the reading of the Epistle of Romans, my life truly uh, was changed, and I am very grateful for this chapter 5. That truly really give me purpose, give me sense, a taste of what God's grace is and how I can access it to it by his faith in us. So if you can read chapter 5 of Romans, beginning from verse 1 to verse 5. As I often say, uh, doesn't matter if you have your Bible in a hard copy or you have your Bible in a device like an iPad or phone or smartphone. What is important that we follow the Word of God, because the Word of God brings faith uh, in our hearts. May God add his blessing to his word into our hearts. Therefore, says Paul, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Praise God for his word. Faith and grace are two important topics or subjects in the Bible. When we study the Bible, we'll discover that both of them walk together. It's like flipping a coin. You have uh, uh, two sides of the coin, right? And this is what is about, about faith and grace. They are working together in the life of a believer. And they are the revelation, the manifestation of God's grace and love and power in our lives in this message i want to speak about how faith relates to grace and now is the key to give us access to the riches of grace to the riches of god to the blessing that we can receive from our heavenly father romans 5:12 says therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god so there is a condition in our hearts that need to be understood we were enemies of God. Our nature was against God. But God showed His grace to us and saved us. He came to rescue us by His Son, Jesus Christ. So God's grace is an unmerited favor from God. We were not deserving of it, but God rescued us. We are not coming here because of ourselves. But because God decided to love us before, we are responding to the love of God. I love what James 4:6, uh, and I choose the Amplified Bible for those who don't know what is, what is this version. Of the Bible, the Amplified Bible, is a verse that is uh, added with few other comments in the text in itself, and uh, is a, a way to understand better this verse in uh, James 4:6. James explained to us. But he gave us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both of our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. As I said, it is is an Amplified Bible. It's like a commentary that we have. And we understand that God is giving to us grace through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we cannot receive that grace unless we understand that we were not deserving it. We were deserving condemnation. But grace was given to us. And if uh, grace is unfavorable merit that we received. Faith in Christ is the accelerator of grace. Is the catalyst a grace? Through faith we can receive grace. Through faith we can see things that before we were not able to see. Hebrews chapter 11 verse one, again with the amplified commentary, said Hebrews 11:1, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deeds of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I really like this last sentence that Amplified Bible had as a comment. A real fact. What is no reveal to the senses. So we as a human being, we cannot sense this faith. But because of the Holy Spirit in us, we have the ability to see things beyond our senses. That's faith. So if this is the description of what faith is, let me allow right away to say what faith is not. What faith is not. I believe that this will help us to understand what faith is, right? So first of all, faith is not a blind leap. We are not walking in darkness with faith. Soren Kierkegaard, a philosopher, but was also an amazing Christian, centuries ago, he said, faith is not jumping in darkness. And you know why we don't jump in darkness? Because we have the Word of God. The Word of God is our light. The word of God brings light on the things of God. It reveals the things of God. And that's why in this church we put so much emphasis on being a Bible teaching church. Because more we teach the Bible, more we understand the Bible, more faith comes in our hearts. We are not working in darkness, but we are working with the clarity of the revelation that God has given to us in the written word of God. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And this verse is very clear. It's a lamp to my feet because in those times they had you not know, the beautiful lights that we have in the city. Uh, but they had a small lamp that was almost attached to the, um, to the feet So while the person was walking in the night, the lamp was giving enough light so the person could not stumble in something. And then it was this light that was holding the hand to give a more and wider light to the person that was walking. You see, the word of God is like that. It gives us clarity in our immediate walk with God. But at the same time, it's bringing a wider beam of light towards eternity and the things that God wants us to understand. So that's why faith is not jumping in darkness. That's why faith is walking in the light. And I'm so pleased this morning that we can stand here by the merit of Christ because we have faith in the revealed word of God. Praise the name of the Lord for this. So faith is not a blind leap. Faith also is not a blank check given to us. Did you trust somebody with your bank account and you give a blank check? I don't think so, right? What I'm trying to say is some people think that because we have faith in Christ, we have a blank check. So it doesn't matter what we want, we write numbers. Lord, I want this. Claim it and have it. I remember... Years ago, I was praying in a small group. And in the small group, there was this young boy. And he really wants to have a bicycle. So, and the parents struggled with this. Didn't want to give it to him. So he came to me and he said, Pastor, I believe that God can give him a bicycle. If I'm ready to pray, do you believe that the bicycle will come? And I saw this young man, young boy praying uh, when I closed and the other open, because he was expecting the bicycle to come forward. (laughs) That's the genuine faith, the simplicity of a kid. But I believe that sometimes we have malicious uh, intention in our prayers. Lord, I want to have this because I want it. But again, faith is submission to the revealed word of God. And we need to understand that God is more than a genius in a lamp. We don't need to just express desires to God. We need to submit our will to God. And as I often say, God always gives us what we need. And sometimes what we want are similar, are equal. But not necessarily all the time what we want is what we need. Sorry, I don't want to play with words, but you understand what I'm trying to say. So we need to understand that the sovereignty of God is something real in our lives. As a believer, we need to know that we have the right to pray, of course. But that right to pray not necessarily means that we have what we pray. Because God is a good father. And he knows what to give to us. He knows what he can bless us with. And many times what we think is not a blessing is a blessing in his plan. Just this week I was talking with somebody and I told him if the Lord was closing the door for you, it means that he has another plan. So don't be upset. Just say, Lord, I'm willing and I thank you for closing the door because you have a better plan than what I intentionally had before. So faith is not a blank check. Also, faith is not a bad choice. You know, people today are mocking us because in a beautiful Sunday morning, and I'm really grateful for this two days of sun that we had. Praise the Lord, I failed to charge my batteries. And people say, "Are you crazy going to church on a Sunday morning at this time?" We are not crazy. We are blessed to know Jesus. Your faith in Christ is not a bad choice. You are designed to come here because you want to honor God, and this is the best choice that you can make this morning. Come to the house of God, worship Him, Being in fellowship with other believers, ask Him to bless your life according to His purpose and plans. Being grateful for the salvation that is given to you. So, faith, my dear ones, is not a bad choice. It's the most beautiful decision you can make in your life. And let me tell you this. Christian life is no boring. You know, two weeks ago, we were talking the Bible study. You know, there is this uh, kind of false concept. And I remember when I was in high school, especially. I don't want to go to heaven. It's too boring. I want to go to hell where there is life. Yeah. Where there is a party and stuff like that. What a lie from the enemy to deceive you. Hell is the most uh, dangerous I have no words to describe how hard is hell. The Bible says there is a place of torment where there is no light at all. And you want to be there? No. You want to walk on the light. You want to be in the presence of God. So faith is not boring. It's not about decisions. It's the most beautiful thing that you can trust your life with. So I pray that we can grow in our faith. Let's go back now to see what faith is. Faith demands a participative response from all of us. You know, faith is not an abstract concept. It it demands a response from us. We cannot appreciate God's grace in our lives without understanding, as I was mentioning before in the introduction, that we were enemies of God. We were separate from God. We were deserving His condemnation. We were far from Him. Our nature desires to do evil, no good, until it's brought to new life in Christ. So we were separate with God. There was no goodness in us. You know, this self-principle that we are self-righteous, that we are good people, is not standing on the Scriptures. We all have sinned, and we were far from the glory of God. This is what the Bible says in Romans and Isaiah say that we are, we were like a stained rag before God. Even the most nice person was an enemy of God. Doesn't matter how good you are if you have no Jesus Christ in your heart. In your heart, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ and ask Him to forgive your sins, you're still a sinner, a good sinner, but yet a sinner. We need the redemption of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says in Colossians that sinful behavior makes us the enemy of God. In Colossians chapter one, verse twenty-one. Paul addressed this concept and said to the Colossians people, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. You were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. And again, in Romans chapter 5 verse 10, Paul says, For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more now that we are reconciled shall we we'll be saved by His life. You see, God came to rescue us. He made peace with us. While sin brought us in prison, far for true freedom, God's grace given to us through Jesus came to deliver us from prison. That's why Jesus said in chapter 8 of John, that if we know the truth of God, and we persevere in it, we will walk in the light, no more in darkness, and that truth will set us free indeed. How many people today are trapped in sin? How many people today, they cannot look far in the future with hope? Because they're still trapped in their own self-righteousness. But thank God we have Jesus. Thank God the Lord decided to save us, to rescue us. While we were enemies of him. He showed to us his love, his compassion, his mercies. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ was ordained to come and become one of us. So he can fulfill the righteousness of God in our place. Paul says to Romans chapter 5 verse 1. And we read at the beginning. Therefore since we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 5 8. But God shows his love for us. In that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. While we're still sinners. Christ died for us. You know what? This is an amazing manifestation of love. This is an amazing action of redemption and grace and mercies for us. So to this morning, if we don't understand that we were enemies of God, we cannot value grace enough. You remember the parable, the one that was uh, forgiven about that huge debt, and the other one had a small debt. Those two men had the different reaction. One was ungrateful. We know the story. At the end, Jesus is reprimanded the person that, even if he received a lot of forgiveness, he was not able to forgive the other one that he had a small debt. Because he didn't appreciate it. the redemption act of the master that forgave him his big debt. And because of that, it was not grateful. It was not able to show mercies and grace to other people. Let me tell you something. Many times we are not able to show grace to other people because we don't understand how much evil we were before knowing God. So we think that we deserve somehow. We are better than others. But grace looks beyond that. Another beautiful story. Remember when the woman came and anointed the feet of Jesus with oil and washed his feet with her own tears. People right away start to talk. While we are wasting all this beautiful oil. It could be sold for a lot of money and can be an instrument to help the poor. You see there is always a justification that makes sense. Jesus explained the poor are always there. But this woman understood grace. And understood the compassion that Jesus had towards her. There was no price. Jesus was worthy to be anointed with oil. I'm telling you church. We cannot understand grace if you are not giving a response to that. Again, divine grace does not trample on us. Transforms human personality through the saving faith that we have in Jesus. Saving faith involves the heart and the mind. Paul says clearly in chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 10, the first part, for with the heart one believes and is justified. You say, first you believe in your heart, you receive the truth. And then in Romans chapter 17, says, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing is through the word of Christ. So, implies the mind, there is this connection between mind and heart. But faith starts in the heart, and then it goes to the mind. Only after you accepted Jesus in your heart, you are convicted in your heart, and then it goes to your mind. If we take these two passages together, we understand and we conclude that one accepted from the heart... The evidence. Of the conviction that comes from the word of God. So the one who did not believe. Will not have faith. But the one who believes. Comes to God. Because he possessed the necessary faith. Acquired by the understanding of the mind. So you believe in your heart. And then you acquire that belief in your mind. What is irrational before. Becomes rational after. This process will enable us to have conviction that will determine us to have faith in Jesus what is an announcement a proclamation of the word is acquired in the heart first becomes a conviction from the Holy Spirit in the heart and then becomes rational to our mind and this is the process that brings conviction and pursuit in receiving God's grace in our lives if you go to the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, you will find a lot of references of the heart of the people. The people that were listening to the first sermon in the city of Jerusalem, given by the Apostle Peter, they were touched in the heart. When Paul went to preach the gospel in the city of Philippi, and there was a group of women in the banks of the river, the Word of God says that the Lord opened the eyes heart of Lydia, the first woman in Europe to accept Jesus Christ. So there is this open in their heart. And because your heart is open, becomes again a conviction that will reach your mind. And because there is this process that goes directly in our human being and involves heart, mind, soul, and spirit, we are now ready to receive Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. So God demands our participative response in this. There is a work that God does in our lives and there is a response that we give to his own spirit. The Holy Spirit brings conviction in our hearts. We are touched, we respond. That's why when you proclaim the gospel on the person, you proclaim salvation or you proclaim judgment. Because if it is rejected, the person will be condemned. But if accepted the Word of God, you bring salvation to the heart. And many people can be touched in the heart, but if they stop in the heart and not to the mind, they will abandon faith. The person that we have knowledge here, but doesn't reach the heart, also we stop because it will be a knowledge relationship and not an action relationship. You can have knowledge in your mind, but the knowledge will not put you in the condition to act about what you know if there is no the heart involved. And we have to examine ourselves. What is the commitment that we have with Christ? Are we serving God only in the heart or only in the mind? Or we serve God with all a human being? That's the question. When Paul, in chapter thirteen of the second letter, verse thirteen, asked the people Corinth to examine themselves, is referring to that. We must love God with all our hearts, mind, and soul. So God is looking our lives with uh, having in mind the holistic, organic worship and faith. Only that kind of faith is. Willing and able to have access to the grace of God. I will give you something as an example. The people that are only renewed in their heart but not in their mind it will be very emotional in their faith. Oh, today I feel to go to church and they come to church. Next day, maybe they don't feel to come to church and they stay home like the Christian life is not important to them. The person that goes in the mind will never do something with passion in serving God, will fall in legalism. I do something because I need to observe rules, 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 rules. And the faith is manifested or expressed through a lot of rules a regulation to observe. Like the Pharisees, remember? So, but when we combine heart and mind, we're able to live a passionate life. When the heart says, I don't feel, the mind says, no, 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 you have the word of God, and you must serve God, even if you don't feel today. Go, be obedient. I'm able to explain this concept. It's so important, my brothers and sisters, that we combine heart, mind, or if you prefer heart and soul and spirit. We need to grow in that kind of faith that will be the key to open the riches of God in our lives. In that way, we progress in our walk with God. In, in that way, we understand that faith gains access to God's grace. When faith implies mind and heart, we can access God's grace. By faith we have justified, yet faith is not the ground of our justification. We are justified, we said, but we are not justified because we have faith. We are standing before God justified because the merit and only the merit of Jesus Christ. Faith, as I mentioned before, is a consequence of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave us. Because if we, we say we are justified by our own faith, this is a merit and our salvation is not based on the finished work of Calvary. But faith is based only on the merit of the finished work of Calvary that Jesus accomplished for us. Christ is the only reason why we stand justified before God. It's very important we understand that. God doesn't justify us because we have enough faith. We don't become holy, and because of that, God justifies us. God justified because Jesus Christ paid the price for us. And because we acquire His life in us, then we have faith. Then we walk in holiness. Then we practice and we do the good deeds of faith. The process is very clear. Faith is only the means whereby we are. Fully relying in God's love in Christ's sacrifice. It's very important because sometimes we get disappointed with God because we think that because we have faith, we deserve certain things, and then when we don't get it, we are disappointed and angry with God. But again, faith comes on the ground of the finished work of Jesus Christ. In general, We may say that justification is the act of God whereby we become righteous before Him because of the righteousness of Christ. Let me tell you something. When God sees me, when God sees you, is not diminishing a standard holiness and righteousness. He applies his righteousness as a judge on our lives. And we all should be condemned. But the requirement of God's holiness has been fulfilled through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So God's wrath, God's sense of justice is completely satisfied through Christ. And when he looks at you, when he looks at me, he doesn't see our sins. He sees the righteousness of Christ. On our behalf, and that's why the Bible says that we are covered by the righteousness of Christ. So we understand then that his verdict on us is given, and the verdict is no more guilt. Our sins has been forgiven, cancelled, because the justice of God was satisfied. By the righteousness of Christ. Doesn't this excite you my brothers and sisters? My sins are being forgiven. Washed away because of the blood of Jesus. And today we can stand in his presence. Free from condemnation. Free from the shame. Free from guilt. Because the verdict of God. I say this man, this woman is completely innocent. Because somebody else paid a price for him. Praise God for this. This is a, something that excites me and touches me all the time when I think about God's grace on my life. And it should be your joy. It should be your commitment to serve the Lord. Knowing that you are free to stand in the presence of God. There is no more fear. There is no more that oppression of sin in your life. Because you know that Jesus paid the price. You know that you have a relationship now with God that is not based on fear, is not based on words, is not based on deeds, but is based on God's love for your life. And you know that even when you are doing something wrong, you trust God to the point that you feel free to say what you did wrong. And you know why? Because you know that the arms of God are wide open to forgive you if there is true repentance. One thing that as a father I try to share with my kids is always this. doesn't matter what you have done. But if you trust me as your dad, a loving dad, I need to know. Feel free to tell me everything. But if you lie to me, then you lose my trust. And I believe our relationships have been good based on that. My brothers and sisters, as I mentioned even uh, Sunday uh, last Sunday, we cannot hide nothing from God he knows when we are sincere and when we are not we can deceive our husband our wife our children our brothers and sisters in the in the church we can deceive your pastor your leadership but you cannot deceive god that's why we stand on his grace praise the lord the more we understand god's grace the more our faith has an hold on us and we grow more reassured that relations cannot be separate from us. You know, all this talk that is about uh, one said, always said, or securing Christ, all this, is not a big deal. Because as soon as I become aware of the grace that was given to me by Jesus Christ, how can I lose my salvation? How can I go away from Christ? I love God. I cannot run away from him. I can't because I understood what grace was given to me. And more you understand the faith and your relationship and the grace that was given to you, you want to stay close to somebody that loves you. Right? You don't want to be close to somebody that doesn't love you or is cheating on you. You want to be close to the people that loves you. And God the Father is a great God. And he loves you deeply. So praise the name of God for this. Romans 8, 1, 2 says these beautiful words. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen now. For the love, the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. There is no more condemnation. You are free now. You are free now to walk in grace, to walk in faith, to walk and do the things that God is expecting you and I to do. Praise God for this. And again, there is something amazing that we need to understand also. That we receive faith and that faith is coming from an action of God. So the God that started something in us and is good, it will bring that to accomplishment. Until the end. So if God came to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And touched your heart. Giving you faith to believe in your mind. This is grace. We have no merit in this again. It's God's work in our lives. Again Ephesians 2.9 says. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Again faith and grace working together. And this is not your own doing. It is, it is the gift of God. Praise the Lord for this. Praise the Lord for his gift. By grace, God came down to us. He became flesh like one of us. He delivered us from our death, our condemnation, our sins. And by grace, Christ died for us, replacing the guilt that we have before a holy God. He has set us free. And by grace, God chooses us and ordains us to eternal righteousness and life in Christ before the foundation of the world. So today, my brothers and sisters, we are standing on the solid ground, on the rock. No one steals from you the beautiful grace that Jesus Christ has given to us. No one deceives you, say Paul to the Galatians, to the old things of the past, uh, basing on the works, uh, based on the assumption that you need to deserve, uh, whatever, whatever, we can add to that. No, we are standing on God's grace. And because you understand God's grace, there is an application for us this morning. And I want to close with this application Are very important. First application is this. God wants us to move in realms of faith rather than unbelief. If we understand faith here, if we understand faith here, we have to walk in faith. We have to replace doubts with faith, believing that God is able. God is able. God is able. When you say, I cannot do it. I cannot stand before a person. Sharing the gospel. Believe that God can give you the strength to do it. Believe in the grace of God. One of the most important factors to keep in mind for us as a born Christian is that our growth and maturity in Christ cannot go forward unless we understand that we are to be men and women of faith. People need to know us as a people of faith. People of the book. That's the way that we're described the Christians. People of the book. Why? Because the book is the expression of faith. Praise God for this. And then in order to grow our faith, we must act on what we believe. You know, it's not just, oh, I'm saving by grace and that's it. Doesn't matter what I do. I'm saving by grace. No, 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 no. Once you understand faith, you have to walk in holiness. We have to walk in consecration. We have to walk in doing the work that God called us to do. God didn't call unbelievers to do the work. He called His church. And we are His church. So we have to bring in our lives. We have to exercise faith. Faith is like a muscle. If we don't exercise through service, that muscle will become weary. Weak. We need to exercise our faith in Christ. Faith in Jesus is something that we hold on with conviction. We must allow the same conviction to bring us and to hold us in the ways of the Lord. Lord, I don't understand this, but I trust you. I will do it. Lord, I will honor you. With my giving. Even if I'm going through maybe financial distress in this moment. Because I know that you are faithful. And your word says that you have a Jehovah Jireh. The provider for my needs. God I see my children going a little bit astray. God I will come to you with full confidence. That as I walk in holiness with you. You will be touching their hearts. We have to act on faith. We have to act on what we believe. And then the last But not the least, our faith is standing on the unchanging word of God. My brothers and sisters, we are not standing on philosophies, ideology, or theories. We are standing on the unchanging word of God. The word will never change. Don't you know that Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it? Don't you know that his word that we have today will be the same word that we'll adopt in heaven when we will spend eternity with God. So when you act upon the faith that comes from hearing the word of God, you are standing on a solid ground. When you pray, you pray according to the word of God, that prayer comes and touches the heart of God. You know why? Because you are asking God what he wants to us to ask. How do you know that? through the reveal and changing word of God. Can we all stand in God's presence this morning?